Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dead to Rights, the podcast video for the crime genre industry. I'm your host, Donna Carrick, and today I'm delighted to bring you Catherine Astolfo, author of Legend and the Seventh Fire and a number of other really great books, as well as award-winning short stories, including one that was in um, 13 Claws by the May Dams of Mayhem. And uh, Catherine won the Arthur Ellis Award for Best Short Story for her contribution in that. And uh, you're going to really enjoy meeting her, I think. She's one of my very favorite people. So please give a big Dead to Rights welcome to Catherine Astolfo. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? Morning. I'm good. I, I uh, where did I, where did my, I was going to get fancy here and here it is. <clears throat> here we go. That's beautiful. Excellent. That's the one I made for you, isn't it? Oh, it is. <laughs> so now I'm going to say good morning, Kathy, and welcome to Dead to Rights. Good morning, Donna. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. It's been so long since we've been able to chat and see each other. You know, I mean, it's one thing on the phone, but you can't see each other or email, you know? I know, I know. This is such a bizarre time in our lives. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful that we have all these, uh, you know, applications and techniques and just so we can stay in touch and actually yes. see each other. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the old saying that necessity is the mother of invention. And I think that some of these technologies have been around for a while, but they haven't been particularly good. Like they haven't been really sophisticated. And uh, once this hit, wow, suddenly Zoom, Teams, there are just so many of them. And uh, I know we use Teams at work. And uh, it's... Yeah, it's just it's really wonderful. We yeah. can all see each other, and this is just terrific. Um, I've been using Zoom for this, and it's really wonderful. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I heard a little bird told me that you've been <laughs> writing like a bad thing ever since this hit. What are you working on? Can you share? I sure, yeah. I'm working on uh, a few things, which is seems to be my, uh, you know, my senior ADD these days. I. I, I have to have more than one project on the go. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them is a, a pretty traditional mystery, and I've been working on that, oh, for, I would say, probably a couple of years, but I seem to just make very snail progress on it. But it's fun. I like, I like the character, so I go back to her every once in a while and, you know, add something, add a little piece. And uh, I've also been working on a, a, sh a book of short stories, which uh, Melody Campbell actually gave me that idea. She said, you know, you, you're clearly good at writing short stories, uh, you know, having won the Arthur Ellis Award twice for my short yes. stories, yes. which is such an honor. I was um, thinking of the outlier this morning, in fact, you? <laughs> <laughs> which was a really good, chilling, dark story, if anyone wants to find it. I think it was in 13 Claws, wasn't it? I think it was, yes. Yes, because uh, that one, we had to have an animal involved, and in That's this, right. in mine, there was a, a pig. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, so I, I thought, well, you know, I've been stalled in writing, as you know. Uh, I think I've shared that with you before. Um, 
And so I, I, I thought, you know, maybe it was a good idea to work on short stories, but to have, because I love novels. And mm -hmm. so this idea, and since, since I had this brainstorm, I've uh, looked for, you know, if there are any similar books like it. And, and of course there are, there are lots. I mm -hmm. thought I had this, you know, completely uh, new idea, <laughs> but, but there are lots that are very similar to this and that's okay. Um, but I, uh, so it's a series of short stories and the main characters, there are two main characters that pull them all together. Uh, one is anti beers, B E E R S like in beer. Um, one of my aunts was, we did call her anti beers because she always had a beer in her hand. Um, and <laughs> so the, uh, the main character through this kind of telling a lot of the stories is Auntie Beers. And she's a real character. She's not really based on anyone I knew, but she's in a, you know, an amalgam of my mother, my aunts, and so on. And uh, then there's the little girl who listens to her stories. And when she grows up, she writes them down as her own short stories. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a kind of a novel, but mm -hmm. uh, you know they the each a lot of the short stories will be able to stand on their own mm -hmm. if you pulled them it out. Like a bit of a literary uh, piece. Do you have a working title for the collection as yet? I just I'm just calling it Tales of Anti Beers, but I I don't know. It's somehow I like that. Right. Uh, I like it, but you know something else may occur to you as you go. You've got kind of a penchant for involving that crazy family of yours in your life. <laughs> I do. It's very true. Yeah. So, you know, with all the, uh, the branches of the family, um, there are quite a few stories and even, you know, the, the interesting heritage that my children have, for example, that I included in Sweet Caroline. Um, and, you know, all of those. So, you know, when, when I look at all the different rainbows in my family, there's a lot of colors in there and a lot of interesting, mm -hmm. <laughs> interesting things I that happen. Some of your short stories too, like I'm thinking of, uh, was it called the three R's? Yes. 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 That, that was a, a kind of um, a branch from sweet Caroline. Uh, mm -hmm. It was um, because it didn't fit into the novel and yet I felt that it was a story that I had to tell because it was about a, the residential school here in Brantford. Um, and at the time, it wasn't headline news. There weren't a lot of people who were really um, aware that residential schools were right in the middle of, you know, they could be in the middle of your own city and you wouldn't know it. Mm -hmm. um, now, luckily, there's been a lot of awareness. They've really brought that to the fore. And I'm very thrilled with that but at the time would have been 2011 I think when I was doing that basic research yeah. around then uh, and there really wasn't a lot of uh, you know news about it so it didn't fit into the the residential school didn't really fit into the novel but I, that's why I did a short story on it. For our listeners the basic premise of the three hours just so that they kind of get it yeah, it's about a, a little girl who um, meets up with a, an elderly Indigenous woman and she listens to her story 
about the residential school that uh, her experiences there because I you know I'm I'm not I'm certainly not native uh, my children are partly part native but um, you know I, I wasn't so I was telling the story from a perspective of someone who had never experienced it mm -hmm. listening to someone you know tell their their terrible tale of what mm -hmm. happened to them and uh, and it, it it worked, I think. I think it worked very well. It worked very well. It was a really strong story, and so is its um, so is its governing um, novella, Sweet Caroline. I think is novella a no is it a novel or a, a novella? It's a novel, but it's a short novel. The, most okay. of my novels, yeah, my novels, all my novels are are quite. They're sort of the low end of the. They're succinct. Yes, they may be Agatha Christie length, aren't they? Yes, yeah, and more around. considered novels, so sorry, sorry for throwing no, no. novella in there, it really doesn't apply, yeah. Well, no, because I had uh, three novellas too, so, uh, you know, the, the um, Kira, Kira Callahan uh, mysteries were, um, you know, actually two of them were published and one of them I'm still, I'm still, I'm just hanging on to it, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, I, so I do tend to the short writing I don't my novels are not they're to the point yeah yeah and I, I it was sweet Caroline uh, one reviewer um, said that he was kind of glad that it was short because you could lose your sympathy totally for the main character if it mm -hmm. went on too long <laughs> so because she was a, a very complex she was, yes. Yeah. Sweet Caroline. I, I mean, I love your novels. They're really, really good, all of them. Um, but I think that Sweet Caroline is my favorite because it really brings around a full-fleshed character. It's quite, um, it's quite dark. It yeah. doesn't start out that way, but it it is quite dark, and that's soon revealed. And it moves right along. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't waste a lot of emotion. It. Um, moves right along with what, what her quest really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, the reviewer was correct in saying that, you know, given the complexity of the character and, you know, some of her, her uh, uh, you know, less likable characteristics, <laughs> mm -hmm. and you had to reveal those as you went, but if you spent too much time on that, the reader yeah. could lose the reader. Lose the reader. That's right. Yeah. I think you gave it exactly the right balance. And um, I mean, as I said, all all the awards that you've won and been nominated for, they speak to your mastery, your skill. But Sweet Caroline really expresses it. I think yeah. it really brings you into maturity as an author um, more than any of your other works. And that's why I really like it. That's why I hearken back to it so much. Yeah, I, it was one of my favorites, too. I, um, yeah, I really do love that novel. <laughs> All of your characters are quite dimensional. They're not uh, single-dimensional characters. And uh, I think you, you really you did that with Sweet Caroline. That's what I'm trying to say. Right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're, you know, my, I do tend to uh, focus a lot on the characters. So character and plot, I would say, are probably, uh, you know, both as important. Um, they, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be a good thriller writer. You know, I, 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 the 
the in which the plot sort of supersedes the character you know i i couldn't do that it's it's more my interest to explore people and the you know the purpose behind all their decisions the motives um you know basically answering why did they do that Yes, I'd be very good at that. And I suspect that uh, many years of experience that you've had have kind of led to that, haven't they? <laughs> yes, and then there was the, uh, all those years in education where, uh, yeah, I got to ask a lot, why did you do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And anyone who met you would never get the dark, the the depth of your writing because you're so lighthearted in conversation, and you're so, I don't know, you're just one of those really positive people that's always a joy to be around. And uh, unless people actually take the time and sit down and read your work. Right. I don't think they're going to see the other end of that sword, are they? <laughs> yeah, they often look at me and say, wow. You? <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick puppy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I think uh, if you could write, writing lighthearted, uh, you know, comedy, comedic kinds of books, I, I would find extremely difficult. So it, it is funny that, you know, my my general sort of um, outlook on life is more um, positive and optimistic and so on. Yeah, positive despite everything. That's <laughs> the way I think of it. Yes. <laughs> positive despite the reality. <laughs> right, that's right, exactly. But although I do think uh, that, you know, most of my books and, and story, well, not necessarily short stories, but most of my novels and with some kind of resolution. So they end either happily or, you know, they get, they get the bad guys get their just desserts or, you well, know. happily, like the outlier. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it all depends on your perspective. I think the oh, patient is quite happy. <laughs> he was. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I, I simply cannot write comedy. I've tried so many times. And I know that when I talk with people, I love to laugh. I love to have a smile with them and have that attitude. So I know exactly what you're saying. Like, yep. the reality is always there for me, and it comes out when I write. Yes. Know? Yes. Yeah. I, think, I think we're similar in our perspective in that, uh, it's almost an exploration of um, social justice and yes. and human issues and, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to explore that. And then through the, the writing, you can have some sort of control. Yes. <laughs> Whereas in reality, there's often no control. No, very yeah. little. Very little. All the, the only control you have on a day-to-day -day basis in my experience is what are you going to do with what's in front of you? Right. That's really the only control you have because you can't control what's in front of you. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And we're really learning that in 2020. We sure are. I mean, 2020 calls for a reboot for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. I loved that saying where they said, you know, Mother Nature said, uh, you know, go to your rooms and think about what you're doing, what you've done. So, <laughs> yes, yes, that's actually, that's actually a really good way of looking at it. I mean, I feel for the people who don't have families. I know why, how are you and Vince coping? Because you've got quite an extensive family and uh, I know that you love traveling to see them. Are you able to see as much of them as you'd like? Uh, no, no, not at all. We've been pretty self-isolating. Um, 
we, uh, but you know, we have this, we have, we have, I, I got zoom and, you know, I've I've actually seen a lot of my friends and family more than, (laughs) you know, more than I would normally because they live far away and you say, okay, I got to go drive there to see them. Now it's like, no, I can just, you know, pick up my laptop and go wherever and, and see them. So it's, uh, it's actually been pretty good. Of course, I miss the, the, the hugs and the, you know, the just being in their presence, but this is better than nothing. So it sure yeah. is. It sure yeah. is. And, and you and Vince are isolated together. I mean, um, in our yeah. house, we're so blessed because we actually have five adults now because our youngest, Tammy, is going right. to be 18 soon. <laughs> She's going off to university. She's going to be taking um, life sciences at U of T in the fall. Ooh. That's wonderful. I know, I know. We're so proud of her. She put off the decision right down the wire. She had uh, six acceptances and one was still out there waiting. And um, she was trying to get that seventh one in before she made a decision, but she was getting so close to the wire. So she said, no, I got to make a decision. And I think what it really came down to was the seventh wouldn't have been her first choice anyway. Oh, right. So, yeah. um, Yeah. But she's a very methodical thinker, Artie. Yeah. Sciences are perfect for her, and she really wanted to line all seven of them up on a table and make a decision that way. <laughs> That's so amazing! But you know that that way of thinking is just incredibly know, great. I yeah, I yeah. know. I know she's quite a marvel. I'm telling you. She yeah, is she is amazing. <laughs> we are blessed. We're here in our little townhouse, and we've got five adults, two dogs, and a cat. So. <laughs> Lonely. <laughs> yeah, we do have our our adult uh, grandson living with us right now, yeah. um, and we have two cats. So, and uh, my daughter lives in Brantford, so you know I've been able to see her from a distance in the driveway and so on and so forth. So, uh, yes. and my granddaughter too. So, but uh, but yeah, all our other grandkids and kids and they're spread all over the place. So we we have to do it electronically, but. Uh, but like I said, at least we have that. That's know? right. At least we have that. We're in an age where it maybe isn't quite as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna. I mean, I know that we're over 100,000 dead. And, uh, no. you know, but um, it, just in terms of our own isolations, it could be a lot worse. It could. And, uh, you know, I do think that when you were mentioning, you know, about ingenuity, people are stepping up to the plate, the scientists, the, uh, you know, people who, who really think outside the box, all of a sudden are coming up with some solutions. And yes, there's a long way to go, like with, you know, long-term care facilities and so on and so forth. But I do, I have faith too. And I, I, again, not to be Pollyanna, but I just have faith that we will, um, somehow prevail and make things better afterwards you know I was thinking of my fourth book seventh fire and uh, I looked that up the other day because the the Ojibwe um, philosophy was um, and I I may be misquoting so uh, you know this is I've I've sort of morphed it into my own uh, thought process but um, the seventh fire was a, a terrible time when not even, you know, the elders could help because it was so different from what they had experienced that they couldn't even guide the younger people. And so 
the younger people had to and and creative imaginative people and different people had to come forward and uh, you know help society get through this seventh fire into the eighth fire which was a time of peace and uh, global um, you know unity and and so on so I'm hoping that's what this is that is a really beautiful way of looking at it so thank you yeah. for sharing that um, my own is uh it has a similar conceptual outcome, but it's a lot simpler. I kind of, I did a lot of research in addiction because my father was an alcoholic. And uh, yes. so I've done a lot of research into addiction over the years. And um, one of the things, one of the conclusions I've drawn as a lay person is that sometimes people, things, groups, and in our case in 2020, the world, sometimes we need to hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a terrible, terrible thing because I am never one to throw away um, the value of a human life casually. Um, so, but I do know that sometimes we have to hit rock bottom yeah. and that forces us to turn around. It forces us to put things in place that can improve uh, the lot of ordinary people. Yes, and, yeah. And that and be where we are, you know, when the when the, the cicadas come up from underground. I know. <laughs> that would be the final. That will be the final straw, and things like that. Twenty twenty is just yeah. I I said I was actually saying to Vince, my my husband. I said to him, uh, guess what I read? I read that cicadas come up out of the ground every seventeen years, and guess what year they're trying to come out. <laughs> By the millions, yes. <laughs> We're going to be stunned. Of course. <laughs> what more can happen? Well, but Kathy, we can laugh, right? <laughs> yes, we have to. <laughs> we have to laugh. It's, it's you know, imperative. <laughs> oh, I know. A cousin of mine uh, on Facebook put something this morning. I didn't even have time to, to reply to him because I was just working. But um, he said, let's pretend that COVID-19 is June bugs. That way everybody will stay indoors. <laughs> That's true. And funny enough, I did see a June bug on our screen last night. And there was some article on about, you know, June bugs in May. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, it's like June bugs, cicadas, pandemics, uh, you know, the terrible things that have been happening around. I feel so bad for Nova Scotia. Every single, you know, all these, these last couple of months, I feel like, you know, there's been so much happened to people from Nova Scotia or in Nova Scotia. It's, it's really bad. Uh, and you're right. We have to, you have to keep scrambling up from those things and, and uh, looking up over the wall and saying, I th is it okay when we see over this mountain? Are we gonna see another mountain? You know, like the the bear went over the mountain, and all he saw was another mountain. Well, yeah, yeah well, here we are. Welcome to twenty twenty. Yeah. That's it, exactly. And actually, that's kind of the the way life is all the time. It's just more so this year. And uh, I think if we we take three steps forward and two backwards, well, we better keep taking as many forward as we can. In that case. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, we, we must. Yeah. So when is your collection of short stories coming out? Well, 
I have to approach my publisher and see what she thinks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have a date on it. And to be honest, the the reason I don't is because uh, you know when you when you're I don't know if you've felt this way, but I have anyway, as a, as a relatively unknown writer um, and not having made any kind of a living on writing at all. Oh, oh I, you're singing my song. I know. <laughs> Sing it, sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. And, uh, you know, I know violins, but um, I, I, uh, I did at one point um think that sweet caroline for example was going to be you know my breakout novel and i would actually uh you know have a a, a known name to, to a certain extent um and i so i worked really hard on the marketing and the promotions and so you did, did my such a wonderful job not just in the creation of the book the book being so beautiful as it was sweet caroline with a k people go buy it um, <laughs> It's not actually available right now. I have to. It will be. Yeah. It will be. Yes. It will be. Yes. My previous publisher, uh, you know, she unfortunately had to close her doors because of illness, and uh, because she was great at publishing at uh, promotion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the covers were dynamite and all that stuff. Um, but uh, you know, you get it's so disappointing and so frustrating that I did. I allowed it to kind of stop me still for a while, other than, you know, writing some, writing short stories for our uh, Maydams anthologies and things like that. But I just got this, I almost was allergic to promotion. It was kind of a bit of a butt kick. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I always remind myself about the painters. Yeah. Most of them, Nobody ever heard of them till they died, and that's sad. It's sad. I know. It's I only know. a very few who actually break into, and even the ones here in Canada that we consider top writers aren't, for the most part, widely known elsewhere. Yes. So, so take heart. You've got a beautiful, beautiful product. You've got Thank beautiful you. art, and keep keep creating it, please. Thank you. <laughs> I will. I think it's a. Uh, it's not possible to actually stop the writing, but I do have to, I will have to force myself back into the promotion part. That's the part I got allergic to. <laughs> so, you know. So we need the help of readers. People always say yes. they love to read. We need to see you. We need to see you out there and not just reading the one or two mainstream writers. Get out there and experiment. And um, I'm not trying to get you to go buy books that are subpar, but I know a lot of really good writers, and Catherine Astolfo is one of them, and uh, definitely worthy of your attention. Thank you, Donna. And you know, this podcast and the other, uh, well, this Zoom recording (laughs) and the other things that you have done to promote Canadian writers. I mean, you and Alex and Carrick Publishing have just done uh, an incredible job toward promoting us, helping us, inspiring us. And so I thank you for everything. Thank you for saying that. I often feel just like what you said, like I'm whistling in the wind. But 
And I don't want to be one of those grandiose people. I really don't, because reality will beat you up with a pack of wet noodles. <laughs> I, I don't have a grandiose mentality, but I have this feeling that we're here, and this is our generation, and this is, this is our time, and it's not going to come again for us. Yes. It will come again for other generations, but not for us. And we better record it, and we better try to ride the wave and let people know we were here. Like Kermit was here, remember? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we used to draw that one all the time. That was like so, you know. <laughs> I think it's the only thing I was ever able to draw. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the two little, the two little hairs on top of his head. <laughs> yes, any any talent I had uh, went right went into words, not not visual. Yes, yes. Oh, I have the greatest ideas visually, but I can never, I can never compute them down onto onto anything visual. I just can't. Me either. Yeah. So you also have Sweet Caroline being republished this year. Yes. And we're going to have a virtual party if there's no other kind of party available. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So everybody watch for that. Now, you've got to, you've been a teacher for a long time. You've yes. got to have some advice you can give to new writers. You know, I, I the one I usually uh, focus on when I'm asked that is perseverance because very, because I guess, you know, you bring that out of your own experience and that has been um, something I've struggled with to keep going and to, to get it all out, to keep writing it. You know, I've said so many times, just put it down. You can always fix it later. Um, but you can't fix something that's not down, that's not written yet. So, uh, you know, get it all out. Don't worry about, oh, it's either this genre, that genre. It's, you know, I've got grammar errors, I've got whatever. Just do the writing, do the work, and then go back over it. Because, you know, the editing part is, is the most critical Mm -hmm. in some ways but if you don't have if you don't get it out in the first place there's nothing to that's work with right. so that's do right. it yeah right that's exactly it and what has been the greatest joy because we've talked about the challenges what's been the greatest joy of your writing life oh the arthur ellis awards yeah. absolutely the best uh moments some of the mo like of my career life the my writing life the, the pure recognition yes absolutely i just felt so um um honored and overjoyed to be to be you know complimented like that by people who really out of all the, like so many great short story writers mm -hmm. that was such a thrill yeah yeah yeah, it really was. It really was. Even just peripherally, it was a thrill for me. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't even write the damn thing. <laughs> I published it, so that was. <laughs> so I, I just had to take flakes of thrill where I could find them. <laughs> one must, one must consume joy where one can. Right? Very, very true. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you for sharing that particular joy. <laughs> Oh, 
Anytime. <laughs> it's been really great having you on the show. I really want to thank you so much for joining us on Dead to Rights. And um, it's, we're going to go live on both YouTube and the podcast. You mentioned earlier that, uh, yes, because this year with Zoom technology, we can actually post as a video as well as a podcast. So listeners, look for us both places, whatever your preference is. And thank you for joining us, Kathy. Oh, thanks, Donna. I really appreciate it. Take care. I want to thank author and good friend Catherine Estolfo for joining us today on Dead to Rights, the podcast video for the crime genre industry. And please join us again next week when we bring you another great interview. We've got people coming on in the near future, such as Nate Henley and a number of really wonderful people that you're going to love to meet, a fellow by the name of Greg Phillips, and uh, just just great people coming on. Our gratitude also goes, as always, to Ted Carrick for the theme song, Eyes of Gold. See you next week.